Well, I just want to welcome everyone here to Embrace at all of our campuses. We're so excited that you're here. My name is Adam. I'm one of the pastors here at Embrace, and we are thrilled, thrilled, and truly humbled and overjoyed that you have come today. Now, all throughout history, all throughout history, there have been some great sibling rivalries. Rivalries where two brothers or two sisters or more will fight and compete with each other. And in looking back at even recent history, there are so many examples of this. I mean, just in sports. Alone, I think about Peyton Manning and his brother Eli, and one could actually play football, and one looks like a 12 year old, but somehow still beat Tom Brady into Super Bowls and in movies. I think about Scar and Mufasa in The Lion King. One gave me nightmares as a kid, the other made me want to hug my dad, right? There's Elsa and there's Anna, my personal favorite. There is Buzz and Kevin from Home Alone. <laughs> then in pop culture, there's the Kardashians who are famous for something. We're not really quite sure what the Kardashians are famous for, but they're famous. But then finally, of course, there is Prince Harry and William. And one has the gift of hair, beautiful hair, and the other has been bald since he was born. Right? But speaking of being bald, though, growing up for myself, I had two older brothers and a younger sister. But when it came to my older brothers, they were both bigger and stronger and smarter than I was. And so instead of trying to to compete with them as a kid in sports or in school or anything else, anytime as a kid that I needed to lay the smack down with them, I would attempt to wrap my arms around their body. And then like Mike Tyson, I would try and bite them. I would bite their sides, <laughs> bite their fingers, their ears, anything I could possibly bite. And this sounds terrible, but it was brilliant. Why? Because even though I could not beat them in a game of horse as their little brother, I was still in complete control. All right. Again, though, all throughout history, there have been so many brothers and sisters that have struggled with each other. But one of the most well-known situations is the story of two brothers, two brothers named Jacob and Esau. And so as we did last week, if we have our Bibles with us today at all of our campuses, I just want to encourage us to open up our Bibles. Use the Bible, the physical Bible, use the Bible on our phone, use any Bible, and open them up to the book of Genesis this week, chapter 32, chapter 32. And just to quickly cover what we covered last week, here is the 30 to 40 second version of the first part of our story. To start, there are two brothers named Jacob and Esau who are twins. And even before they are born, they start trying to hurt Esau each other. Like even in the womb, they start wrestling and pushing on each other. But after they are born, it only gets worse. I mean, they grow up and one day Esau comes home and he's been out hunting for his family, trying to provide for them. And he's starving to death. And what does Jacob do? Jacob says, hey, Esau, I will give you some food if you give me the family birthright. I'll give you some food if you hand over the future greater inheritance that belongs to you. And because Esau has no options left, he says yes. Basically, Jacob is a complete jerk. He is a jerk. And so there's that, but Jacob gets even worse. You see, time passes, and near the end of their dad's life, their dad's name is Isaac, but near the end of their dad's life, the dad is wanting to give the family blessing. And so the dad calls for his son Esau because he wants to bless Esau, the son that he dearly loves. And this is great, except for the fact that Jacob finds out about this. Jacob finds out, and what does Jacob do? Jacob tricks his dad, who is now blind, and he puts on Esau's clothes and he acts like Esau. And Jacob convinces his dad that he is, in fact, Esau. And Jacob receives a special family blessing. And as soon as the dad is done praying over Jacob, Esau walks in. And he sees what's happening. He says, Dad, that wasn't me. 
It wasn't me, Dad. It was Jacob. And Esau begins to beg his dad to bless him. And the dad starts shaking uncontrollably because he's so hurt by his son Isaac, uh, hurt by his son Jacob. He, He starts shaking uncontrollably. And the dad says, Esau, it is too late. It is too late because I've already blessed your brother. Well, needless to say, we're told that from that time on that Esau hated Jacob. Esau hated Jacob. And I know I said it last week, but I honestly, if I'm, if I'm Esau, I can't imagine, I can't imagine the hate and the hurt that has to be inside of me. If I'm Esau, I just can't imagine the hate and the hurt that has to be inside of me. But it goes on to say that Esau began to scheme a way to kill his brother. So that's the first part of our story. And then here's the second part starting in chapter 32. And stick with me. It's just a little bit longer. Chapter 32, get this. Since the last time the two brothers have seen each other, 20-some years pass by. And Jacob and Esau now have families and kids of their own. But they haven't seen each other for over 20 years until now when they decide to meet up. Before they meet up, though, before they meet up, Jacob first sends a messenger to Esau to let him know that he is coming. And he asks Esau to be friendly with him. This is like sending a text message modern day and saying, hey man, haven't seen you in 20 years when I I screwed you over, but please don't shoot me because I'm stopping, right? Like, please don't shoot me. But Jacob sends the messenger and the messenger comes back and says, well, we got the message to Esau and he's actually on his way right now with 400 men. And hearing this, Jacob is terrified, and rightfully so. I mean, this does not look good. And so Jacob, he decides his family, he divides his family and all of his stuff into two groups. And he thinks to himself, if one group gets attacked, then maybe the other will survive. And then he just begins praying. Jacob just begins praying. I just picture Jacob praying, baby Jesus, please rescue me. I was a fool. Please save my butt. And so Jacob prays, but then he starts sending waves of gifts to his brother Esau. I mean, Jacob sends waves of gifts, over 200 goats as a gift. And that's a lot of goats. And then he sends 20 rams and he sends 30 camels. And he just starts sending these waves of gifts to try and make his brother happy. He he starts sending these waves of gifts in hopes that his brother Esau won't still want to kill him. And so he sends him 10 bulls and that's a lot of bulls. And he sends him 30 donkeys and that's a lot of something. But then finally, Jacob looks up and he sees his brother Esau with these 400 men coming towards him. And as we said last week, what happens? Jacob sees Esau, and he falls on the ground before Esau, and he bows on the ground seven times before him. And in response, what does Esau do? Like we expect Esau to now kill him, but what does Esau do? We're told that Esau sees Jacob, and he ran, and he embraced him, and he kissed him. And the two began to to weep. And when Esau sees Jacob, we expect him to kill his brother. And instead, he sees his brother in the distance. He runs towards him. He embraces him. And he kisses him. And the two begin to weep. So that's powerful stuff, right? And last week, if you weren't with us, we put ourselves in Jacob's shoes last week. And we talked about the times that we have hurt others ourselves. And the response was so powerful the seeing the names on all the cards out in the entryways was, was, was powerful. The names of people that we've hurt. We just wrote down those names last week. But now for today, on the flip side, on the flip side of last week, I just want to ask, have you ever been Esau before? I just want to ask, have you ever been Esau? I mean, like Esau, have you ever just been hurt by someone else before? And like Esau, have you ever had someone wrong you? And has someone ever lied to you or cheated on you? And has someone that was supposed to love you ever taken advantage of you? And has someone ever in your life ever just been a selfish jerk time and time and time and time and time and time again? 
Maybe it was a brother of yours, your, your mom, a spouse, a coworker, a friend, a neighbor. Again, has someone ever hurt you before? And maybe it was a small thing, but it still bothered you. But possibly it was life-altering, like it's changed who you are. But either way, again today, I just want to ask, have you ever just been hurt by someone else before? And one step further than just being hurt as a result of being hurt, and as a result of someone hitting the same wound over and over and over and over again, I just want to ask, have you ever hated somebody before? Like, have you ever hated somebody not because you just didn't like them and you didn't really know who they were, but, but have you ever hated someone because they were such a jerk to you and they just hurt you again and again and again and again and again and you just hated them? Like just thinking about it, I mean, you just hated them. Have you ever just hated somebody before? Just hated them. Like, I mean, just thinking about them just makes you sick. Have you ever just hated, truly hated another person? Okay, so if that's us, if we're here and we've been hurt by someone, Big and small, we've been wronged by someone, and maybe we even hate somebody. I just wonder, how do we begin to move forward? If we've ever been hurt, how do we begin to heal? Thankfully, Esau shows us, and he goes first. And so just looking at Esau today, we're just going to highlight two simple truths. There was like three or four I I wanted to share before our time today. We're just going to mention two of them. And so the first truth is this. When we've been hurt by someone, how do we begin to move forward? We first need to realize that payback will never pay us back. Again, if we've been hurt by someone, if we've been wronged by someone, how do we begin to move forward? We first need to realize that payback, that payback will never, ever pay us back. Okay, so that's great, right? It sounds nice. But unfortunately, when we're hurt, what's our first knee-jerk reaction? We want payback, right? I mean, that's a nice saying, but when we're hurt, what do we want? We want payback. We want revenge. It's like in our DNA or something. I mean, when someone does something small, like they cut you off in traffic, what do you naturally do? You push the gas pedal and you tail them as close as you possibly can. As human beings, we are a bunch of freaks, if you didn't know it. But but truthfully, though, when we're hurt, when we're hurt, we want the other person to hurt. And we want revenge. And we want them to get caught and look like a fool. And we hope reality smacks them in the face. And we hope they feel like crap just like we did. And they need to make things right and they owe us and we deserve this and this and that and this and that. Again, when we've hurt, been hurt, we want payback. But again, the truth of the matter is no amount of payback will ever pay us back. And Esau knows this. He knows this. No amount of payback will ever pay us back, and Esau knows this. I mean, Jacob starts sending all these ways of gifts and all these animals trying to pay back his brother. But when the two brothers meet up, Esau just asks, what's with all the animals? Why did you send me 10 bulls and 30 camels, you know? And Jacob says, they're a gift to ensure your friendship. Yet look what Esau says back. He says, my brother, my, my brother, I have plenty Please keep what you have for yourself. I mean, that's a nice gesture, but Esau isn't looking to be paid back. He doesn't care about that. Instead, he just wants to make things right with his brothers again. And so often for us, after we are hurt and after we are wrong, so often we spend years of our lives waiting to be paid back. When we're hurt so often, we spend years of our lives just waiting for revenge. 
When we're hurt, we spend years of our lives waiting to hear the words, I'm sorry, words that may never, ever come. And when we do this, instead of healing this hurt, it just begins to grow inside of us. This hurt, it just begins to grow and grow and grow. And at some point, it begins to stink and fester, and it just begins to hurt inside of our soul. We just keep hurting and hurting and hurting. Well, once more, if we truly want to heal, we first need to realize that payback will never, ever, ever ever pay us back. And so that's the first truth for today. And then secondly, when we've been hurt by someone, how do we begin to move forward? Hear this? We need to cancel debt because God first canceled ours. Again, when we've been hurt by someone, how do we begin to heal? We need to cancel debt. We need to cancel the other person's debt because God first cancels ours. What does this mean? It means that we need to forgive the person that's hurt us because God has first forgiven us. You see, this word forgiveness, it just means to completely cancel a debt. It's like you owed me, and now you don't at all. At all. Like you needed to pay me back for what you did, and now you don't. Like it's done. It is completely done. And I am no longer holding this against you in any way. And even the record of the debt is gone. I mean, I have forgiven you, and I have completely and absolutely canceled the debt. Just to be clear, if we've been, been sexually or physically abused, it is wise, and we need to have boundaries in our life. That's a different thing. We need to have boundaries in our lives. If we've been abused, I cannot encourage us enough to tell us someone, to report it to the police. I cannot say it strongly. It is good, and we need to have boundaries in our lives. That's another conversation, but when we truly forgive someone, no matter the circumstance, it is over. And we don't keep talking smack about the person. It is over. And we no longer hold on to a grudge against them, letting it internally fester inside of us. I mean, it is over. And we don't keep bringing it up to the person. We don't keep holding it against the person. We don't keep spreading their sin all over Facebook, being passive aggressive, not really putting the person's name, but clearly putting the person's name. Again, it is done. And we have completely forgiven the other person. We have fully canceled their debt. Like it is gone and it is finished completely and absolutely. And now I know that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? But I don't know if you're like me. I just have to be honest with this and say that my human side that just says that that is wrong. Like true forgiveness just seems wrong. True forgiveness doesn't seem okay. I mean, I know for myself when I've been hurt, especially in a deep way, I want to have conditions on my forgiveness. I mean, I, I just want conditions. It's like, I will forgive you if. I'll forgive you if. My forgiveness is dependent on their actions. And if they don't follow through with their actions, guess what? I am taking back their forgiveness. Again, this all just seems wrong. And it feels like we're being played as a fool. And why would we ever forgive someone? And why would we ever cancel someone else's debt? I'm so glad you asked. Again, we need to cancel debt because God first canceled ours. We need to forgive. Why? Because our great God has forgiven us so, so much. Like, we have to forgive. It's, it's a command because through Jesus and the cross, God has generously forgiven us. With this exact question, one time Jesus explained that when we're forgiven by God and we don't forgive others, we're like a man that has a debt of a million dollars that's been canceled and completely forgiven, only to be that same man and turn around and not cancel the debt of someone that owes us a thousand dollars. 
Jesus is like when you've been forgiven and you don't forgive others, you're like a person who's been, been, been received like a, a million dollars canceled and now there's one person who owes you a thousand dollars and you won't forgive them. Basically, Jesus is trying to say, how dare you? How dare you? How dare you? How, how, how could you possibly do that when I've forgiven you so much? How could you possibly not forgive someone else? I think often a part of the reason we, we struggle to forgive others is because we don't fully understand how much God has forgiven us of. One more time, when we've been hurt by someone, how do we begin to move forward? We need to cancel debt because God first cancels ours. And looking at Esau, you can just, just see complete forgiveness in his actions. I mean, when he sees Jacob, he, he could rightfully kill him, and yet we're told that he ran, embraced him, and kissed him. And I love that because it's word for word what we're told about what the dad does in the story of the prodigal son. He ran, embraced him, and kissed him. And how cool is that? But Esau just extends total forgiveness to his brother. And he just completely cancels his brother's debt, which is just a glimpse. It's just a glimpse of how God cancels ours. And here's the truth. As followers of Jesus, we should live lives of forgiveness. I mean, instead of just forgiving one person on a certain day at a certain time, as followers of Jesus, we should be known as people who forgive and people who forgive quickly and fully. Like, we should be the least offended people on the planet. In a day and age when everyone's offended, we should not be easily offended. We should be so grace-filled. And people who do not hold on to grudges, again, we should be people known by our willingness to forgive. Just known as people who just day in and day out, something simple, we're just quick to forgive. Something big, we just forgive. We just forgive over and over and over again. Why? Because God has first forgiven us of so much. As he came in today, you should have been given one of these cards. And at all campuses, I just want to have us take it out right now. Honestly, at all campuses, I just want to strongly encourage you to take out these cards and This may not be easy, but I just want us to write down the names of people that have hurt us. And maybe it's one name, but maybe there's a whole bunch of names. Right now, honestly, I really want to press you to do this. Write down the names of of people who have hurt us. People who have wronged us. Maybe they don't think they wronged us, but we felt, felt like they did wrong us. People that we need to forgive, just write these names down. Please don't write down any last names, just their first names. And maybe it was a hurt from from someone a few weeks back, but maybe it was a hurt from 20 years ago. 20 years ago. You haven't even spoken a word about the hurt that you feel, but you you just felt wrong. You felt overlooked. You felt left behind. Maybe it was a family member, a past friend, an ex of yours, a neighbor. Again, whoever they are, just, just, just write it down. Just write down that name, honestly. The rest of our time, you can just keep writing down names. Going back to Esau one last time, though, again, he's been hurt big time by his brother. We're told that he's filled with hate towards him. But at some point, what did Esau do? At some point, he decided to move from hurt to healing. Like At, at some point, he just decided to move from from hurt, he decided to move from revenge. He decided to move from ugliness, from, from bitterness, from hate. At some point, he just decided to move from hurt to healing. And if we haven't done so ourselves with the names on these cards, my greatest hope is that today we ourselves would move from hurt to healing. 
And this may not be easy today. It might be brutal to do so. But instead of holding on to bitterness and just letting it rot out our souls from the inside out, like just bitterness, it just rots. Like it just, it just festers. And instead of just holding on, instead of lugging around the, the grudge for years, instead of doing that, we just hand it over to God. Instead of letting this hurt define our lives, instead of always playing the role of the victim, like constantly we're just always the victim and everyone's out to get us, that today we decide today, like from here on out, the rest of our lives today, we are choosing to move from hurt to healing. And how do we do this? As we said with the names on our card, we need to realize that payback will never pay us back. Revenge will never pay us back. Payback will never pay us back. And also that, how do we move forward? We need to cancel their debt, their debt, these people's debt, this person's debt because God first so generously and so wonderfully and so unexplainably canceled ours. Just as we did last week, as, as we're going to take the offering here in a second, and as when we do, I just want to encourage you to, to drop in your card into the basket as a way of handing it over to God, just as a way of handing this person over to him, This is a way of acknowledging your hurt, your pain, just your bitterness to God. Just as a way of asking God for his strength, his grace, his kindness, his courage to move from from hurt and hate to healing. One step further, though, with the name on this card, I just want to challenge us this week or even sometime today to move one step closer to this relationship, just to true healing Forgiveness is the first step, but maybe for you, a huge step is just praying for the person. Just praying for them. Maybe a first step is meeting with the person or it's writing a letter to the person just to let them know that you've forgiven them. Again, and all of our circumstances are so different, so use good judgment. Talk with a friend who loves Jesus, someone who is wise to get their thoughts before you do so. But maybe this week, that one step is just showing kindness to the person. Maybe that one step is just going out of your way to serve that person. Maybe that one step is just changing your attitude around that person. You just know every time you're around them, you're just sharp with your words. You're just jaded with everything. And so instead of doing that, you're just going to be graceful around them. But again, for all of us, my, my greatest hope today is for all of us, at all of our camps, with the names on those cards, that we would decide to move from, from hurt to healing. This would no longer be the story of our lives. Instead, God would make us new from the inside out that we'd even look at this hurt at some point as a blessing. We'd see it as, as a place that becomes our passion in life to help others who have been hurt in the same way. But again, for all of us, my greatest hope, God, is that you'd move us from hurt to healing. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, Heavenly King, we, we come before you and we're just so thankful for who you are. And we, we jump into the story again and, and this week's a lot harder for, for me than it was last week. Just, man, it's just hard to deal with hurt. It's hard to, to deal when we've been wronged by people, and yet, God, would you just speak so clearly to us today? Would we just hand these people over to you? Would we hand over our hurt and our pain to you? Today, would you move us from hurt to healing? Lord, we love you. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.